You are listening to the Business Society Podcast with Melissa Houston, CPA, financial strategist for CEOs, and a Forbes.com columnist. The Business Society community is where business owners come together to learn about real business, common problems, and real solutions. Are you a successful business owner who is now ready to learn how to increase your profit margins so that you can keep more money in your pocket and build your personal net worth? You are in the right place. With over 20 years of experience working with business owners, I share with you real advice that will help you increase the profit in your business and build your net worth. I know you're a genius at what you do, regardless of what profession you're in, and I'm here to help you make sense of the money and other pressing business issues. Have a business problem? We'll find real business solutions. Billy Hofacker has been a personal trainer for over 20 years and is the owner and CEO of Total Body Bootcamp and Performance Center, with two successful locations in the hyper-competitive market of Long Island, New York. After several years of being a full-time professional martial artist and BJJ black belt, Billy is now passionate about helping fitness professionals win with money. He is the author of Fitness Profits, as well as the creator of the Financial Freedom for Health and Fitness Professionals course. Billy is also the host of the leading financial podcast for Fit Pros, Your Fitness Money Coach Podcast. Billy is regularly an expert on local and national podcasts and media. He is also a distinguished Toastmaster with a Toastmasters International. Billy has conducted hundreds of presentations over the years at churches, businesses, and organizations. Hey, Billy, how are you? I am doing incredible. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds very, very energetic. So yeah. welcome to the Business Society podcast. I'm very excited to have you here today. Awesome. I'm excited to be here. Let's talk about what you do. You are a business owner, and I would love to hear more about how you help your clients. Yeah, so my professional career has really been in the fitness world from the start. I've really Never had like a real job, believe it or not. I've worked for, obviously I worked for my clients, of course. And at one point I, in addition to running my fitness business, I was managing martial arts facilities, which is similar. It's kind of fitness related. So I've been in that kind of space for a long time now, over 20 years, 20, 23 years. And for the last 11, I have owned my brick and mortar fitness studios. One is 11 years all the other is from 2014, seven years. And then somewhere along the way, due to the success of the business, I started it's kind of getting noticed in different environments like masterminds and, and business seminars and stuff like that. And I ended up creating a course. It was called Small Fitness Facility. And again, I, I know some, some of the audiences, some of the audience may be into fitness, some may not, but either way, it, it's principles that apply to, to probably a lot of service businesses, I would say anybody out there in a service business. And, and the course was basically how we run our business. It was everything from the sales side to the marketing, to culture, to team development. And I enjoyed that, did really well. It, it ended up leading to some business consulting for gym owners. I've worked with you know a few non-fitness people, but mostly in that space. And then, and then I don't know if we'll talk about it, but I have my own personal financial journey, which kind of started before all of this stuff or as this was, as the business was starting, the current business was starting. 
And that led to me realizing from that and the business coaching, the, the real, I think the real sort of strength that I had, even though I like all of it, was realizing how much help people needed on the personal finance side and the business finance side. My, and we know it all goes together. I always say that you very rarely find somebody who has like their, their personal finances are like crushing it, but then their business finances are a total mess or vice I totally person. agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a perfect way to talk about your personal experience with finances. And if you want to share that story with listeners, that would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So this is now, and one thing I'm not good at is time frames, but I kind of base everything on my kids' ages. So this one, yes. oh, this one my, my <laughs> in old, seasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this was going about 11 years ago. I was a pretty young. I was a young personal trainer and I was newly married, kind of the start of my you know adult life. And I was I was excited. I've always been kind of positive, whether things were going great or not. And I was doing great in a lot of areas. I was, you know, doing what I loved. I was helping people. And then one day I got a knock on the door. I was getting ready for work. It was about 7.30 in the morning. And I opened the door and, the door, and to my surprise, there was this big muscle-bound dude standing on my stoop with a, a, a bald head, a thick goatee, tattoos all over his face and neck. Turned out to be a really nice guy, by the way. But it makes the story better. As I looked past him, I saw my brand new white Honda Accord, not my Lamborghini, but my white Honda Accord hooked up to his tow truck and my, my car had been repossessed. And that was the moment for me where, where things really changed. It was a, it was a real wake up call. And what was crazy about it was, you know, you would think, or I guess I would have thought, that when something like that was gonna, was going to happen, you kind of know it was coming. Like I, I should have really known that maybe there was a chance of my car. It never crossed my mind. It never was a thought. I never knew. I didn't know the position that I was in. I don't know what the heck I was thinking. I was just completely ignoring my problems. And uh, we all know that when we ignore our problems, they don't go away. It's like a pile of dirt that you sweep under the carpet. You just end up with a big, a bigger pile. And, and that's what happened. I dug in and my wife and I, and we discovered that we were quite a bit in debt. We were $130,000 in non-mortgage debt. That was a pivotal moment. It was very difficult, very stressful. It was hard in our marriage. We had stacks and stacks of bills. We didn't know where to begin. We were really losing hope fast, really discouraged. And we wanted to start a, start a young family. And we had to make a choice at that point. And, I, and one thing I do say often is it's not the only thing I had on my side, but I, there's definitely nothing special about me, which is why I love to teach this. It's, I feel like there, there are a lot of people out there that need to make a change. And if I could do it, they could do it. But the one thing I did say to myself at that point was that time was going to pass either way. And I was starting out, starting the marriage, start, you know, start, not starting the marriage, but starting the family. And I was like, five years is going to go by, 10 years is going to go by. So what am I going to do with this? Am I just going to keep going down this road, which who knows where it would have led me? Or can I make a change, start today? And sure enough, here I am on the other end. And, you know, we did a lot to get there, right? We created a vision. We took an inventory with where we were. We made a plan We for our regular monthly spending as well as to pay down our debt. And we did all these things. We became intentional in developing our character, which was a huge part of it. And we did all these things. And here we are on the other side. You know, that, the five years from that point, we paid off every dollar of that debt. That's and amazing. I, yeah. Five years, it yeah. goes fast, but it was felt like it was like really like a long road when we're in it. But now it really feels, and I'm not just saying this, it feels like a different lifetime. It really does. Now it's 11 years later. 
but I, I'm just such a different person. It's like, it's not even, not even funny. It's, it's, it's crazy to think that we were in that position. I love that you're sharing this story and, you know, I can relate as you know, and I know that listeners out there can relate and they appreciate hearing these type of stories. So what was one of the big lessons that you took from changing your behavior? Yeah. The, one of the big lessons I took from changing my behavior was, and I teach this now to people, which was my identity around money. So I call it your uh, financial identity. And I was like, I had like, a, I think I had a pretty good self-esteem in certain areas. Like I felt like I was a good, good at being a fitness coach. So I was, you know, I was really trained and I went to school for it and I got my reps in and I felt like I was doing a good job helping people get results. And I felt really strong in that area. But for whatever reason, like I remember going back to school, I was, I was really smart as a young kid. And then like a lot of people, it just wasn't cool to be smart anymore. As I got older and I started hanging around you know, different types of kids and I, I never, I never saw myself as a, as a smart kid. I didn't have a, a strong identity when it came to, to schoolwork. And then at some point, and this is a whole nother story, as I got into community college after struggling for a while, it, it changed. What happened was I started hanging around a, a guy who influenced me in a really positive way. He was really cool. He was really serious about where he was going in life. I saw his habits. I saw that we were no different. We were just, I was white and he was black. Our skin was different, but I noticed that the only diff, the only real difference was that he was doing the work. He was doing the things he needed to do to get the results he was getting. And I simply wasn't. I was happy getting a 76 on the test when he was not satisfied getting a 94 on the test. And when I saw that, I said, that's the difference. And if he could do it, I could do it. I, it was that and also a comment that a professor made as I was getting help from him after hours. He gave me a really encouraging statement that I never forgot. And I still know, and now 30 years later, I still remember it like it was yesterday. That changed my life. I became uh, ultimately became an honor student, and my life changed. But that didn't happen with with finances and, and until this point. I, I was like going back to when I was a kid with school. I just didn't see myself as somebody who was good with business or good with money. I was doing what I thought I should do. I didn't know any better. I didn't have that belief in myself. I you know kind of just grew up just not really talking about money, not really learning how to manage it. Never, you know, never even thought much about it. And then this happened. So what I learned most was that until you can start changing who you believe you are in an area, it's going to be really difficult because you're, you're going to keep going back. And it makes perfect sense. You're never going to outperform your self-image. If you believe that you're a bad spouse and you're going to be a bad spouse, if you believe that you're bad with money, you're just going to happen to spend that extra amount that you have that could have gone into savings. And you're going to start making all these decisions that are not going to be great for you. So I think that's huge. Yeah, that is huge. Now, what types of decisions were you making to get yourself into that debt? And, and that, that's another that's another crazy thing was that, like I said, it felt like a lifetime ago. And, you know, I, again, I, I would think that if I was looking out and I didn't go through all this, I would think there was like all these like huge monumental decisions and moments that caused all this. But I, I honestly wasn't, you know, I could all, all I could really remember was like the time where we were in the store and we didn't quite have enough to pay for the, the stuff in the cart. And we just put a little bit on the credit card. And it's like, how did that turn into $130,000? And it was just one poor decision after the other. Uh, it's it amazing how it adds up, right? Yeah, I experienced the same thing where it's like, it just ballooned. Yeah. yeah. I, remember a couple, I remember a couple of things. I remember one time uh, the door to my 
to get into the house from the back, like the back door, sliding door. It was like literally it wouldn't shut. And I didn't have at that point, I didn't have what now I call an unexpected event fund. I, I didn't have any of that stuff in place. So we, I, I actually lived that way for a little while when it was, when I was single, like you, you a stranger could have just like walked in my house and I was like, and I was like on the level that I was sleeping too. So it's crazy to think now that, that I did that. But then as I'm like, you know, now I'm like with this woman that I'm going to spend my life with and I got to get this door fixed and didn't have the money. So we put that on a, on a card. And what was interesting was you talked about which bad decisions I didn't, you think maybe I would go and get like a decent quality, but maybe a, a well-priced one. I got like the best door they possibly had, you know, even though I had, I had no money. So just things like that. You're like, I'm in such a hole anyway. It doesn't even matter at this point. And you just kind of keep tacking it on. But there was, it wasn't all credit card debt. It was student loans. It was medical bills. It was loans with, with family, loans with friends. I had a guy tell me he would loan me, I think it was $8,000 to do some housework. And it, it was, it, it was no, it was no interest, which was great, but it didn't help when I had all this debt to pay off. So how were you feeling the moment that they took your car away? I felt. I felt terrible. I felt mostly ashamed as a husband, to be honest, that, you know, here I am like trying to support my, 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 my wife and this is what happens. So I, yeah, I did not feel good about myself. It's hard to say it because I don't think, I I don't think anyone's asked me that, but I felt, I guess I felt like a loser if I could be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand and I don't judge. Yeah. Now, you know, you're faced at that, well, maybe not at that particular moment, but I mean, you knew that, you know, things were obviously getting pretty bad. So at that point where you realized that you were $130,000 in debt. Now, this is for so many people, that feeling of insurmountable debt and how are they ever going to get through it? So can you touch on, you know, how you managed to keep going, even though you were in so deep? The other point that I share is that when, when I put it on paper, it sounds like it, and it is, you know, it sounds like it'd be so scary. In, in some ways, it was actually refreshing to actually see it in front of me and to say, although this seems almost uh, insurmountable, I, I can see what I'm dealing with. And I would say a couple of things that come to mind on how we kind of stayed with it, even though it, it was, it was very discouraging was breaking it down into small steps, you know, so really breaking those, those things down. Just like I teach with fitness, just like I teach with business, it's one step at a time. It's those daily habits. And I had, I had achieved success in other areas, which is something I do encourage listeners to do. If you're at a point where you're, you know, struggling with finances and you're looking to make some big changes, Look at other areas that you have been, because we've all been successful in some areas. You know, what do you feel competent in? What do you feel strong in? And think about that and think about the things you've overcome. Like maybe you're listening to this and you've overcome a major medical problem. Now that's not easy. So what did you do? How did you stay focused? Answer those same questions in that area. And now you can say, okay, how can I transfer what I did in this one area to this other area? Another big part is support. I think too many people try to do it alone in every area, whether it's your fitness or your marriage or your finances. It's trying to do it on your own. We are all human and we all do better when we have the support of others. So that could be as simple as drawing inspiration from other people. That's why I love listening to podcasts. So listening to podcasts, listening to stories like mine, you realize that I have no advantage. I grew up with no education around money. I had all that debt. I had, yeah, of course, you know, we all have certain things that are, that are helpful for us. Like I said, I had my age at the time, but at some point 
there's somebody who had it much worse than you who has achieved the thing that you want to achieve. And, and I, I, that's one thing I can say that I don't know exactly where that comes from, but I do have something in me that kind of says, like, if they can do it, I can do it. And I think that that happens to a lot of us. If you realize like that person's just a normal person and they just took these steps and they got to this point. It, maybe it's not going to look exactly the same for me. Maybe there'll be other twists and turns or other challenges, or maybe it'll go easier. Who knows? But you never know. And you have to start taking messy action. Uh, a lot of times people, are, they're so worried about the perfect plan, but there is no perfect plan. The, the perfect plan is the one that you're going to execute on. So start doing that. So I have a lot of answers to this. Another one that comes to mind is communication with my wife was a huge part of it, like using it as a a mechanism for us to get closer to each other and build our marriage. So you you can, you can choose to draw further apart or, or closer together. And we chose, it wasn't easy. I'm not saying we had like the perfect scenario, but we decided that we were going to be committed to it, committed to the process. Some people call them like money dates or like family meetings. We, that's, that's one thing that I talk about a lot. We've done that every more, at least once a month for the last 11 years, we've never missed. And that's been like, really, really powerful in terms of getting our family aligned with a common vision and mission to ultimately reach the destination that we that we have for ourselves. Oh, I love that. That's a really great idea. Now, I want to get back to something that you said. And I often talk about how money is the most emotionally charged topic that there has to be out there, right? And your statement of, you know, the day when when your car was getting repossessed, that you were feeling like a loser, which... I mean, clearly you were not a loser, but I can totally understand how you would feel that. And believe me, I felt that too. So what do you say to clients or, you know, people that you're talking to who are in that exact same position and they're feeling really down and they feel, you know, stupid, loser, embarrassed, shame, whatever those feelings are going on within them because they ended up in the position that they're at today or or whenever that was, what would you say to them? That's really good. That's really good too. So I feel, I believe that everybody has different needs. So I would try to give them what they need. And I might know more about that if I knew them a little bit more, if I had the opportunity to ask them more questions, because I believe that there are a lot of human needs and what one person needs is not the same as the other. I will give you some examples. And I will also say that I'm not the type of coach and I don't believe in the type of coach and I wouldn't hire the type of coach that has no, I don't know if empathy is the right word, but has no understanding for the situation. So I've been through that. So what I would want that person to know is that you are, if you're out there and you're listening, maybe I'm talking to you, you know, you are completely accepted. I, I accept you and I understand how that could happen because I've done similar things myself and, you know, I, I believe in you. And from there, I, I think there is some point where you do need to turn the corner. So depending on the situation, I would start doing that. So first I would try to give them what they need. I think there's a lot of power in just processing. So maybe it's processing what happened at that time, you know, what went wrong, what were the decisions around that? What were those feelings like? And it's amazing what can happen when, when some of that gets processed of how that person can move forward. I think there are, there are probably three types of people for for simplifying things. One is a person that completely ignores their problems and their feelings, and they just try to move past it. And I think that's a mistake because I think we're all human and we all have emotions and those emotions are there for a reason. The second type of person is somebody who dwells on it forever. And they're the person that is always complaining about what happened. Those are typically people that are blaming other people, like my parents you know, did this, or my coach did this, or my teacher did this. And for that reason, I can't get ahead. That's not helpful, right? Because you're just you're not taking responsibility. You are where you are. 
whether you like it or not, you may have been victimized. You are not a victim. You can overcome whatever has come your way. You can grow from it, but you have to make that decision and you have to start taking some positive steps. So that's the third person. I think it's probably the healthiest, the person that can acknowledge what happened, can start to process what happened, but then say, okay, I for lack of, you know, being more sensitive, you know, I've cried about it for a few days or whatever it is. And now I'm going to start taking steps to move forward. And I would just, you know, help them with, with what that next step might be for them. And that might be different for everybody. Yeah. I really love that. And, you know, you, you're coming off to me as a very empathetic person who really wants to help people. So I'm sure listeners are gaining so much from this conversation today. What is the most important message that you would want them to leave with? Oh man, the most important message that I would want people to leave with, I think is like, is just the fact, is just the idea that whatever happened to you, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a waste. So all of that can be used. It can be used. I'm a person of faith. So I believe that it can be used to help others. I believe that, you know, like in my case, although I would never want to go through what I went through again, or I wouldn't want people that I love to, to go through some of those painful moments. I think that it, I, I really do think that it made me better. I think that it reinforced some values that, that may have not been reinforced had that not happened. And I believe I have a unique ability now to help others in their situation because of what I went through and because of what I learned and because I know what it's like, because I can relate. I think that's powerful. So I would just want people to know that whatever happened, it, it can be used for good and you can you can change. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. That's That's one thing that's unique to us as humans is that we have the ability to change our course. We can start making a decision today that is going to make our tomorrow better. And it's going to it's going to take time. It's going to take some intensity depending on your situation. But you can have so much of a better life by making those decisions now. I love that. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why I share my story and the, I, I would say the biggest reason is I really want people to understand that your mistakes, they just don't define who you are. Like we're all human. We all have our moments where, you know, we tend to make poor decisions. We learn from them. We grow from them, but they don't define who we are. We don't have to stay in that spot for the rest of our lives and, and own that title. So I really appreciate you sharing your story with us and really helping others understand that our mistakes really don't define us and we can move on from them. So if people want to reach out to you, which I'm sure they will. Yeah. Where can they find you? Yeah. So social media. So my name is Billy Hofacker at, on Facebook. It's William. Facebook is probably a, a good place. I have a podcast as well. It's, you know, finance podcast, business podcast. It's called Your Fitness Money Coach Podcast. And then my website is yourfitnessmoneycoach.com. Awesome. And we are going to leave the links in the show notes. So I can't thank you enough for sharing your story with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to host you. Well, thanks for having me and looking forward to having you on mine. Thanks for listening to the Business Society Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with someone you think would love it. Until next time, I'm Melissa Houston. And never forget, nobody will ever care about your money as much as you do. So never give your financial power away. Mm-hmm.